Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB, it's back, baby. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Better say Dodgers. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Super easy, man. Get started. So just head on over to the website today. Use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BLEAV. That's BLEAV to receive your fifth D. That's five zero percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts thank you so much bet online for bringing this podcast to the people with karate i'll kick your ass from here to right over there oh yeah motherfucker gonna kick your fucking derriere yeah yeah you broke the rules now i'm pulling out your pubic hair You motherfucker. You motherfucker. Hello, welcome to Mikey Likes You, the greatest health and fitness podcast on the planet. I was supposed to do a Q&A, and I'm not going to do a Q&A. Here's the reality. I solicited for questions on Wednesday, I believe. And, um, you know, the solicitation for said questions is still up. And I encourage you to uh, maybe add a question if you have one and you didn't get a chance to do it. You know, at Mike Catherwood or at Mikey Likes You One, the number one, not the number spelled out O N E. So I was supposed to do it, and Wednesday I'm going to do it, and. Granted, I'm busy. I am. I'm, I'm very busy. I'm a freaking farmer now. <laughs> and I have a child, and she had um, a school event on Wednesday or on Thursday that kind of got in my way there. And I have my other podcast that I do with Kevin from Kevin and Bean called Great News. I encourage everyone to uh, check it out. It makes me feel better about life. So Wednesday comes, I can't get it done. Thursday comes, I can't get it done. Friday, things go to hell uh, as far as, you know, the farm animals and things, just emergencies pop up, nothing too major. Get a flat tire. Needless to say, we're looking at Memorial Day now. And I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Did I have the free time? Uh, I I did. It was, yeah, I was busy, but I couldn't motivate myself. And in that time, in that same amount of time, I found that I was driving to the gym or driving to um, pick up my daughter to go for a play date with her and another little friend of hers. And these are things that I genuinely love. I don't just enjoy doing them. I have a, a passion for having the opportunity to do it. And I'm thinking of reasons why I, how I can get out of it, how, how it's going to suck. And I'm sleeping terribly, even though I'm kind of tending to my sleep etiquette. 
And more and more and more, I'm starting to factor everything in. And I'm realizing I'm just, I'm moving through quicksand. And I felt like uh, I was constantly on the verge of snapping. I, I felt... Um, I felt this tidal wave of anxiety, but also anger. And I felt on the verge of frenzy. And I was going to go in, 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 in a couple different directions. I was either just going to break down and start crying. I, I, I did. I felt like for some reason I just wanted to just cry or... I wanted to go and 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 smash shit. Now I'm not I'm not a, a violent guy. I'm really not. I'm not. I've I've never been someone. I can't think of a time ever, even in my partying days. And I was a loudmouth, shitty, drunk, drug addict. But I um. I never uh, picked fights. I'm not that guy. I'm not. Um, I don't have that feeling of wanting to go out and, and, and inflict pain or suffering on anyone else. But I'll willingly do it to myself. And so I just, you know, I, I, I almost felt this comfort or this draw to just sit in this horrible feeling, this depression, Right. Um, and it was all too familiar because I'm someone who's suffered with clinical depression for a long time. And if I'm going to pat myself on the back about anything, it was that I never really just accepted that for what it was worth. I always tried to do the dirty work to get through and to take charge and take control of it. Um, Constantly in therapy, constantly examining different forms of therapy from Eastern uh, principles, Buddhism, meditation, um, traditional psychiatry. Um, and then, of course, a huge factor was just getting clean, getting off drugs and alcohol. And of course, you know, in the first year or so of being clean, there was just a pink cloud of everything kind of falling into place for the first time in my life. And after that, I had to deal with life again. And there were always cycles of me being kind of a morose, despondent person. But I knew, I, just, I didn't think, I always knew, I was like, that's not who I am. I'm a, I'm a guy who is just varying levels of happy. That's, that's my genuine disposition. I've given up on trying to really just identify in total with great clarity my my identity. I don't I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm just I know what I like and I don't like. I know what's difficult for me and what's comes easily to me and I just go about my day trying to be the best person I can. I don't have this desire to kind of identify who am I? Am I this type of guy? Am I that type of guy? No, 
I don't. I, it's, uh, it's, it's always subjective in the best of situations. So I've given up on that. But I know I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a happy person. I'm a people person. I enjoy people. I enjoy being alive. So when I have these bouts that are without question real, um, it becomes more and more disturbing to me. Uh. And I I withdraw. At first subconsciously, and then as time goes on, I recognize it. And I was like, geez, it's been three days since I've, you know, put up a podcast or since I've answered a question to Patreon, patrons or something. Uh, It's been a couple nights of me not going out in the backyard and playing with my daughter as opposed to just sitting here and stewing in my own bullshit. You know, I'll, I'll recognize it. But at first it happens kind of in that area beyond my knowing. And I just wanted to talk about it because uh, for a couple reasons. One, I started to get coincidentally... Uh, It's so strange how the universe works, right? I started to get these messages from my top-tier patrons kind of echoing the same thing. That, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go do something drastic, but I just feel like I'm walking through quicksand. So, you know, that always tells me, like, there might be a need. There might be a desire for people to at least hear someone talk about it. And another thing is, is like I'm going over my social media accounts and I'm recognizing that I'm falling victim to something uh, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to criticize this. I'm simply pointing something out that this whole take life by the balls alpha male um, go get them especially in like the meathead community the health and fitness and wellness thing there's always this 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 uniform kind of perpetual image of confidence and extreme levels of self-esteem and uh, I don't think that that's reality this individual DM'd me and said you know hey I've, I've had about two years where I've really been working hard. I've been training and I've been eating and, and he sent a picture and he looked great. And he said, but how, I just can't seem to get this, this, this confidence, this air of confidence and, and this feeling of self-worth that you have, Mike, what can you, what advice can you give me? 
And on one hand, you know, it's a it's a tremendous compliment. But on another hand, it started to get me a bit introspective because I was like, well, I'm not particularly confident, a particularly confident guy. I'm not a wallflower, uh, a complete pushover. I, ha- I, I can be assertive when I really genuinely feel like I need to be. And I don't seek out confrontation, but I'm also not afraid of it. If someone greatly, um, if there's a tremendous level of dissonance between what he or she believes and, and what I believe. Or if someone's trying to impose something on me that I don't think is right, I'm not someone who just kind of um, follows uh, and and is a conformist to my own detriment. But at the same time, you know, I spend a lot of my time, all the time, even in the best of situations, really wondering if I'm a good person, if I'm... I feel very inadequate about not making enough money, not being in the right setting, being uh, my standing in life isn't high enough. It's not what I expected it to be by this age. I wonder if my wife uh, loves me enough, if I'm doing enough as a husband. And uh, am I a good father? And I get really upset. Like the more and more I recognize, like every day that my daughter gets older and I get these milestones where I recognize she's getting older, I get all torn up inside. And I have no ability to look back and be like, well, you spent a lot of your time being a good, loving, nurturing father who's really there for her and does a lot of good work to develop her as a human being. I, 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 a lot of that is true. And I do do that shit. But I seem to be just overwhelmed and incapable of puncturing through this feeling of like, what have I done that isn't enough? Like I'm, uh, I'm meaningless, you know? And, um, this isn't, uh, this whole diatribe is not meant for me to seek out sympathy or to be some weird, uh, uh, baby who's just an exhibitionist for his suffering. What I was hoping to achieve was to kind of maybe pull back the curtain a little bit on this veneer of like men, uh, particularly in this space of like fitness influencers and you know wellness influencers and, and just kind of vanguards of a healthy life in general like this crazy very carefully crafted veneer of things being perfect and and confident because uh at least as far as i know that's not the way it is that's certainly not my experience and frankly the more and more I push past these feelings of self-doubt. That's how I develop my ability to to have any level of self-worth or confidence to begin with. 
you know, I think I think like the term of toxic masculinity, this is where it all gets hanky. Because people, when they think of toxic masculinity, especially people who have no idea what the fuck they're talking about, which tends to be most people who are most vocal on social media, they think of like domestic abuse or, or sexual assault or, or, you know, kind of locker room talk. And that's not toxic masculinity. That's just, it's just reprehensible, period. No one in their right mind would ever factor that into masculinity, femininity, or anything. It just has no, it has no business kind of existing, period. It's immoral and unethical. And by pretty much every standard, whatever school of thought you come from, whether you're a, a Marxist, extreme leftist, to, to the level of... of, of you know, Lenin-style Marxism, whether you're like a neo-conservative, uh, whether you're a hippie living in Berkeley, whether you're a, a, a cow farmer out here in the rural areas of Texas, there's no, there's no school of thought where that's acceptable, you know, and that's what everyone goes to. The idea of toxic masculinity is this whole, to me, is this like impenetrable lack of vulnerability that a lot of guys like to portray this 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 beefed up um i just grind and i eat nails and i shit fucking uh you know i i i shit them out and it doesn't bother me one bit because i keep going and uh i'm my infallibility is clearly evident to you can you see this and i'm wealthy and i work Hour and my I make my wife come eleven thousand times every time I touch her. Uh, because to I I don't see that as masculine. The the complete disregard of fear and vulnerability is sociopathy. <laughs> The confrontation of those weird, anxious feelings and those feelings of fear and self-doubt. And instead of just allowing them to either beat you up or running the other way, you figure out a way to keep pushing through. That's where I look at men and I go, that's the man I want to be. That's the type of guy I, I, I admire because... Uh, I'm scared and I, I doubt my self-worth and, uh, and it's really hard. Uh, you know, and, and um, I, I'm going to make a weird analogy here, but I hope it, 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 it works. That's why I got into classic country music. Because I loved punk rock and metal and, and hip hop a lot growing up. Like I was really drawn to it. 
But this this almost uniform, never-ending barrage of pow, 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 and omnipotence and and uh, and and domineering power. It almost started to. It almost started to feel false to me. Because there was no vulnerability there. And then you hear Waylon Jennings or Hank Williams or or Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, and these are these really tough dudes. Really, really rough fellas that are so macho. You know, they they're they're just like ooze machismo, but at the same time they were incredibly vulnerable. And they would write songs about how they, they're having a hard time getting through the day and, and they feel suicidal and, they, and their heart got broken by a woman and they don't know how they're going to put the pieces back together. And I, and I went, That's, that makes sense to me. That, that's meaningful. And I, 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 was, I was worrisome I'm fearful that I was kind of falling into the hip hop metal world of like, like classic thrash metal where it's just everything's power, you know, overwhelming power. Um, and, and I was giving off this vibe that I was somehow this ever confident, ever powerful guy who was living this alpha life. Chances are you have the wrong idea about the wonder drug that is nicotine, okay? But in reality, there's nothing wrong with nicotine. In fact, there's a lot good about nicotine. It it helps suppress appetite. It helps boost metabolism. It has great cognitive benefits. The problem is, is that most of the time, the way we get nicotine is gross. You know, vaping, smoking, chewing tobacco, whatever it is. That's where Lucy comes in. Lucy has your back. Lucy capsule nicotine pouches and lozenges and gum, they're all fantastic. They all taste great. Four or eight milligrams of a nice clinical dose of nicotine where you get all the benefits with none of the downside, okay? Lucy is a great product designed for people who want the benefits of nicotine without the downsides of traditional ways of getting it. So, Mikey Likes You listeners, go to lucy.co, use the promo code Mikey to get 20% off your order of Lucy nicotine capsule pouches or any other Lucy products. That's lucy.co, use promo code Mikey at checkout. And I have to let you know that This product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, lucy.co. Be sure to use that promo code, Mikey. Chances are, oh, chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're interested at least somewhat in weight loss. So before we continue the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom really understands that everyone's weight loss journey is very unique, and what works for someone else isn't going to necessarily work for you. So Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work toward goals at the pace you're comfortable with. So start building better habits for a healthier, long-term result that you're looking for. Sign up for a trial at Noom, that's N-O-O-M dot com slash B-L-E-A-V, believe, that's what I'm talking about. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash B-L-E-A-V. All right, personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge 
one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful about your habits. Come on, now's the time. It is N-O-O-M dot com slash believe. That's Noom dot com slash believe. And for the last four or five days, I, I couldn't even motivate myself to like go to the gym or go train um, martial arts. And certainly I couldn't even do this podcast because I was I, I, I felt like I wasn't good enough, like I'm not tough enough. I'm not I, I, I feel I feel fucking fat. You know, I went back into that thing where I, I would I didn't want to take off my shirt. And I'm, I'm out farming, carrying bales of hay. It's one hundred and four degrees. Not not exaggeration. I mean, it's literally one hundred four, one hundred five degrees every day out where I'm at right now and humid. And I'm just it looks like I took a shower. I'm sweating hard. And I, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to take up. I feel uh, fat and shitty. That's how I felt about myself. And I was like, well, why the fuck? I sure hope I'm not giving off the vibe that I'm this guy who's like, look at my shredded physique at all times. Because uh, that's, that's, that's not the way it is. And Memorial Day is upon us, and that always adds a layer because my grandfather, my dad's dad, was a uh, long time highly decorated naval serviceman who fought in World War II. My dad's old to have a guy my age. And subsequently, his dad was older. And my grandfather uh, served in World War II and was a a well-decorated naval uh, officer. And my father volunteered into the military during the Vietnam War and then went on to serve in the Pentagon as an officer um, again, very highly decorated. He devo- he devoted his life for you know 18, 17, 18 years to the United States military, and um, he always likes to make it very clear. I he wasn't over in the shit in in Vietnam, but my dad, you know, he worked at the Pentagon at almost the, the highest levels of clearance at the ground floor of you know computer technology and defense and keeping our country safe as the cold war was, was really getting out of control. And my dad was there and he, you know, he tells stories about leaving the Pentagon in, you know, 1972, 73. And you, it was not, it was tough to, to wear a uniform, you know, in Washington, there were so many protesters and so many people saying horrible things to him. And he, but he, he powered and he believed in the cause and he did it in the end. Uh, and then I'm me. And I it just sparked uh, every, you know, vet, whether it be veterans day, whether it be, um, Memorial Day, uh, I get always get this weird sense of inadequacy that I didn't do it. You know, for, for a couple of reasons. One, I would have been a good, I would have been a good soldier. I would have, and I was too fucked up to do it. During the age when I could, I was smoking rocks and drinking for breakfast. Uh, and of course things worked out the way they should. And, uh, you know, I would hope that you brave men and women who are watching or listening to this that are in the military or were in the military can agree that like I figured out a way to serve 
the people and the community in a, in a different way. And I, 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 I've still found a value for myself. But, you know, there is that feeling because I believe in the cause. I believe in it and I feel like I could have been a, a good a good soldier. Um, and so I get, I get this weird, inadequate feeling, right? So all this is compounding. And that's just the basis of this whole podcast was, again, not to do a <clears throat> monologue about how I'm suffering for the sake of, oh, feel bad for me more for the sake of like hoping to puncture through this weird kind of disgusting facade of invulnerability that a lot of the modern kind of fitness men wellness world likes to put out there uh Because that, that, it's certainly not me and men in, in real guys that guys who claim to be alpha, these guys would would fucking punk them and 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 uh, send them home with their tail between their legs. You know, um, special forces friends of mine and, and, and UF, high level UFC fighters, you know, real guys that don't have to prove that they're alpha. They're just like, you know emit it um when i talk to them they say the same shit they don't say oh yeah uh, i i'm I, i'm never scared and i'm never tired and i'm never uh cranky and i'm always per no they go like yeah uh life was always easy when it's easy but then you really found I found out who I was when I, I I was scared shitless and I just figured out a way to make it happen I was rereading Coraline you know the Neil Gaiman book and there's a very famous I believe Tim Burton made the movie both are excellent I recommend them rereading Coraline and there's a scene where um Coraline's walking with her father out in the woods and some what they don't know yet, it, it ends up being like these mystic wolves and stuff that come and attack them, right? And Coraline's dad, instinctively, he says, run, run, and he stays and he fights the animals off, right? And Coraline's like, she cares her dad, but she, she's, yeah, she's scared, so she runs. And uh, the dad fights him off and ends up coming out. He's cut up and all that, but he ends up getting, surviving, right? But he walks back to Coraline in, in safety. He's like, oh, crap. I forgot my glasses. I, I lost them. And he can't see without them. And they're like in this parallel universe. He has to, he needs his glasses to see to find their way back to like real, to reality, to their dimension. And Coraline's like, you can't, Dad, you can't go back. He's like, I have to, I have to. And he goes back and he gets the glasses and um, confronts the, the wolves, gets a glass, comes back. And he brings Coraline um, aside when they finally get to safety again. And he says, I need you to understand something. And it was just, this is something that always bothered me because it was in the movie. And I thought it was like the most profound part of the book. 
he said, Coraline, you need to understand something. When I fought away the wolves initially, that wasn't brave. I was, I was doing what I had to do. I had to, I was fighting for survival. When I went back for the glasses, that was real bravery. He, he said, in, in not these exact words, when you acknowledge, when you know fear, and then you go back and you confront it, that's where bravery comes. It's not the absence of fear. It's the confrontation of it, the acknowledgement and the confrontation of it. And I don't even really want to talk too much about it because it's, there's just no happiness or joy in it. But the Uvalde, the most recent Texas school shooting, it got me thinking a lot about everything. And I'm looking at gun violence and I'm looking at mental health by and large. And I started thinking, you know, there was there was the greatest generation, you know, the generation of World War II, my, my grandpa's generation. Uh, and they had the Great Depression and they had World War II and they had many things that were just so grand and important that they had no ability to get lost in trivial things. And then my dad's generation, he had Vietnam and you either were dealing with the war as a man or you took up against it and you burned your draft card and you, you protested and you felt strongly about it. And then my generation came along and uh, I felt like I was like the middle child of it because all I had was this feeling of meaninglessness. And, and everything I did, I felt like I was doing it wrong and I didn't have any real purpose. I was constantly searching for purpose as a teenage boy and then into my early 20s. I, I, I felt like, you know, if there's, if you're a condiment, you know, the condiments in your refrigerator, yeah, I was like the shitty, shitty condiment, like, you know, like, uh, old, like, like an old thing, a miracle whip, Right. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of like a really shitty condiment. <laughs> Every that's very subjective, but you know, let's. Just, I was kind of like the the not often used condiment, you know. And that every time the refrigerator door, I'd be like, "Please pick me!" And sure enough, they'd reach for ketchup. Or and they'd close that door, and I'd be in that darkness, wondering what what I was even good for, you know. And then the door would open up, like, oh, come on. And then they grab that mustard. And I'd be like, God damn it. And I just was left wondering. 
And sure enough, you grow up and you, and, and you realize you got to create that meaning for yourself. But man, what if you're that kid now and you got social media and that refrigerator door never closes? You're just constantly looking at an open door of everything else getting picked and used and put on sandwiches and you're in the back thinking like you're the only one. And what if you're that disenfranchised mom who feels like her family doesn't appreciate her or that dad who works his fingers to the bone only to come home to people that don't maybe give you any recognition. That was bad enough in 1998. Now, and you, you, you look and you see everyone, no matter what age you are, it's your peers living this perfect, glorious life. That, it's like that refrigerator's always open. And there's this never-ending stream of people coming in, taking other shit for the buffet, living it up. It's no wonder that, you know, whatever metric you would measure mental health by, this country is suffering greatly. And I just didn't want to be a part of that open refrigerator door. I wanted to let you know, I always feel like the shitty condiment. Always. Not always. Of course. There's some times when, you know, I feel like ketchup. (laughs) Something, you know, I feel like something that everyone loves. And, uh, you know, but what the best part about it, at least in the last four or five years, is that I feel like I earned it. I feel like I earned being awesome condiment guy. But man, there's a whole lot of time feeling like shitty condiment. I got to think of a good one. Like that everyone would go, yeah, that's shitty. I don't use that. I feel like tartar sauce. Like you bought it once because you were like, I'm going to make some great halibut, but then you never end up fucking using that ever again. So I'm tartar sauce most of the time. But every once in a while I feel like ketchup, man. All right. Enough of that. I love you all. I'm going to do the Q&A, and I'm going to do it soon because I'm actually traveling this week in the middle of the week. Um, so I'm going to try to bang out another one. I might do like a road one, you know, include my daughter, my wife, cause I'm going to be traveling with them. Uh, so yeah, it's coming. Go ahead, go to my, um, Insta, uh, at Mike Catherwood or at Mikey likes you one, and you can go there and see, um, the solicitation for the questions. And you can actually, 
um, add some questions if you haven't got a chance yet. If you have a question that's burning burning you up, uh, and check out my Patreon and my YouTube page if you're listening to this on the audio only pod. In this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, remember, I do. Be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.